Welcome to the first ever episode of the Between Sermons podcast. And so uh, here's what we're doing. Uh, a lot of times yeah, I'm a preacher. And so a lot of times when when uh, I, I create a sermon, I want it to be conversational, that it's it's just people having a conversation. But the reality is it's still it's a lecture. Like there's there's no way around it. Like it's still one guy standing on a stage talking at people. Uh, but I think that we we learn a lot better when we're able to dialogue, when we're able to have a conversation. It's one of the things I love uh, about our church is that we get to have a, a big conversation around the sermon every week where we are actually working together as a group to kind of fine tune that message. And so between sermons is kind of a way that we can kind of get behind the scenes a little bit, have a, a deeper conversation based off of what we were preaching on Sunday. Uh, and you don't have to have heard the sermon. We're going to make sure that this conversation is is containable. Uh, but if you would like to see the, the message that this conversation is going to be based on, uh, it'll be linked in the show notes for you. But today for episode one, uh, we have Carlton McCarthy. Uh, joining me this is uh this is Good awesome to be here yeah so carlton is like the resident bible guy uh in our oh, sermon planning he's he's part of our sermon question. planning team <laughs> and uh usually carlton's uh comments are can we just stick to the bible uh can we just can we just tell bible stories like all day every day and so uh today's a great day for you because on sunday that's what we did so, we uh we just talked about the story of david and goliath yeah. and uh we had some fun with it but uh one of my favorite Bible characters is my favorite Bible character. Why? Well, because David has a journey. He's got ups and he's got downs. And uh, <laughs> I have ups and downs. So You don't say. David, life speaks to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So with uh, with Sunday's message, we focus in on the story of David versus Goliath, which um, it's funny because this story has become synonymous with the underdog story. Absolutely. Uh, but that's not really what's going on, at least in my mind. Now, I, I get he's smaller. All of that. But if you look at the big picture of the story of David versus Goliath, there's no way he's the underdog. Absolutely. I mean, David is prepared for this battle from the get go. Yeah. I mean, it's it's unbelievable to me that if you've ever read the full story of David and Goliath, that you even go into the battle thinking that he's the underdog. Yeah. But I, I think we, we get there because we teach that to kids. So like when you learn this Bible story uh, as a kid, it's painted in this picture of the little guy can beat the big guy. Uh, right. And part of that, I think, right. is just it's for kids. And like we get to reenact the story and and have fun with it. Um, you know, I was always picked as David. So I got to throw the, the <laughs> fake paper. You were probably picked as Goliath. Probably, so I, was probably yeah. throwing, I was probably throwing paper <laughs> at you. Uh, but we, we we sometimes because of that, we get the, the wrong idea of what a story's really about. Yeah. Uh, it actually... Um, We've talked about this before that there's a right way and there's a wrong way to approach scripture, yeah. uh, and so this is, this might get a little a little heady, but uh, it's narcissus. Yeah, so it's it's the difference between exegesis and eisegesis. Yeah. So exegesis means to lead out of. So it's this idea that you let the scriptures shape your thoughts and your opinions. So uh, you're, that's what preachers are supposed to do is exegesis, proper exegesis. That's proper hermeneutics. You go to a passage in the Bible, you go to scripture, and you pull out of it. Uh, the lesson, what, what are you right. supposed to do? Uh, eisegesis is when you do the exact opposite. Uh, it literally means to lead into. So you're taking your preconceived thoughts, notions, ideas, what, what you want to believe, and then you go to the scripture to find support for it. Yeah, which, but our, our thoughts and ideas take priority over yeah. all disciplines of life, including yeah. our Bible reading, the promises of God. And so we like to lead with our, 
our own ideas and opinions about things. Oh, of course, all the time. And and uh, the kind of the, the funny thing about this is that you can literally use the Bible to prove whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, just just flip it open, turn to a passage, and, and you can prove anything. I heard a story of a guy uh, that said he was talking to his pastor. The pastor was confronting him because he was in adultery. Uh, and the guy said, no, 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 the Bible tells me that it's okay. The really? He's like, no, it doesn't. The Bible does not tell you this. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. And he's pastor said, all right, point to the scripture and verse. He says, okay, Bible says uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like, that is not <laughs> what that verse is talking about. Uh, you cannot do that. Uh, right. But when we, when we have this eisegesis approach to scripture, we, we take things out of context. Yeah. Uh, and, and so part of what that leads to though is as you said a second ago is narcissus this narcissistic approach to scripture where we want to be the hero of the story yep. uh so we put ourselves as the the focal point yeah and, and, and I, i'm sorry I, it, I think it really threw people when you talk uh through david and goliath and you told us um in service that we are not to put ourselves in the place of david and I think that it shocked everybody because we all tend to put ourselves in the place of David. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and I'd love to talk about that more because there, there is a fine line. Like there's, there's a danger in, in never trying to take principles from scripture. Like there's things from David's life that we're supposed to learn and mm -hmm. we're supposed to apply. Right. The line we're not supposed to cross is when we make ourselves the hero of the story or when we try and remove David from the story and put ourselves in. And then we're, we're going through life looking for giants to slay. Right. It's like, that's not, that's not what the story is about. That's not what the story is for. Uh, and it removes uh, one of the most beautiful parts of this story is that it's, it's really David is a, a type or a shadow of Jesus to come. Yeah. Right. So he's flawed, obviously, you know, we can get into David and Bathsheba yeah. and, and he's a flawed uh, picture, an imperfect picture of Christ, uh, the, the perfect Christ to come. And so. When, when we look at this story and we remove David and put ourselves, we're actually, we're hurting ourselves in the sense that now we don't see Jesus in the story. Right. Because right. we're just seeing ourselves. Right. We only see Jesus as a helper or a resource right. for our lives and yeah. not seeing that, no, Jesus is the one that's actually fighting the battle and the one that has a victory that he shares with us. Yeah. We, we use Jesus. We talk about this sometimes. Uh, Jesus is just the panic button. Right. It's, it's like, oh, no, Jesus, uh, t you know, tag me in. Right, like, right. Uh, I, ne I need you to jump into the situation and fix it. Uh, but but David approached this whole thing just knowing this is this is about God, not about me. And so when we approach this story, we need to recognize this is about God, not about mm -hmm. me. The same right. way David did. Yeah. And um, all of our hardships or troubles or anything that we go through in life, we should put Jesus in the place of ourselves or remove ourselves and allow Jesus to take control over the circumstances that we find ourselves in right. and to fight our battles. Cause he, we already have victory in him. Yep. It's not that he needs to come and rescue us and give us victory. We have to find our victory in him and he's already slayed the giant. Beautiful. I love it. That's yeah. exactly what it is. So, so our big idea uh, on Sunday was that uh, David's not the underdog uh, right. and neither are you. Uh, but what's your takeaway? So this is one of your favorite stories, one of, one of your favorite Absolutely, characters. Yeah. At least. So what, what's your takeaway from David? Yeah, my takeaway was the preparation time before he gets to the giant. We all know that David gets anointed as king, and then he's sent right back into the field to be a shepherd. But I believe that it's in that time where God prepares him and gives him the resources and hones in his skills yeah. so that he can then do the prerequisites that's needed for him to be king. And one of the most you know, fascinating things that you pointed out was the task of killing the giant was the king's responsibility. Mm -hmm. So 
Saul is just sitting back, you know, for the 40 days waiting for someone else to do to, what he's supposed to, to do, to do what he's supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. And God allows David to do something that kings should do as a way for him to enter into his calling as yeah. king. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I think it, it paints a picture of the kind of king David's going to be. Yeah, that, that David doesn't rely on other people to fight the battles. Uh, David goes in himself. And the one exception to that absolutely is when he ends up sleeping with Bathsheba. So yes, the he one time he go doesn't do battle, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, so it's kind of a lesson to us that like we we need to we need to stick with it. Yeah, and then as you read the rest of David's life, you know, before he goes into any battle except for the one, he's always consulting with God and yeah. saying, "God, is this your will? Is this your yeah. call? Do I go after these people?" He's always um, referring to. God to yeah. say, is this something that you want me to do yeah. and not entering into a circumstances and then saying, God, please help me. Yeah. It's beautiful because uh, in the, the story, he says, this is the Lord's battle. Mm -hmm. And then we see that repeated throughout his life. Right. David doesn't want to fight in a battle that isn't the Lord's. Absolutely. Because because if, if it's not God's battle, things can go wrong. Right. Uh, right. But as long as God's behind this thing, he's got a, He's got a confidence. He's 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 safe in this this moment. Absolutely. And his confidence comes from the Lord being with him in yeah. other times in his life where he had to fight the lion and fight the bear, yeah. protecting his sheep you know, protecting the flock. Yeah. So he has experience with God coming through for him or God taking on a battle for him. And David just sees himself as an instrument of God's victory. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to do in our lives, see ourselves as an instrument for God's victory, because he has a plan for us and a call for us yeah. and a will that he wants us to follow. And we're just instruments along that path. And I think we need to take on David's opinion or viewpoint of his life in that same manner. How do you do that? Well, the first thing you do is you have to surrender yourself, surrender your life to Christ. And I think that's one thing that we do uh, by a way of action as Christians. But do we actually live that out? You know, when we surrender our, ourselves and surrender our lives to Christ, we still go on living our lives as if we're in control. And I think that's, you know, sometimes we have to take a pause and say, OK, now that I have surrendered my life to Christ, mm -hmm. it's his life that I should be pursuing and living. And it's him who should be living through me in my everyday life and all the disciplines of life that we go through in work and school uh, with our social uh, activities with our friends with our family. Um, so I think that the first thing we need to do is completely surrender ourselves, but to live out that surrendering to Christ. Mm -hmm. I love that. I absolutely agree. The starting point is surrender. Uh, but there also has to be action to follow that up. Right. right? Cause it's like this idea of uh, you can't steer a parked car. Right. Like, so if you're just like, I surrender and then you just sit there and you, you ain't doing nothing with <laughs> right, your life. Right. Uh, you know, we kind of got in this, uh, into this on Sunday where uh, I was making fun of Christian movies, but let's be honest, Christian movies are pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's I a immediately reason. thought about Christian music too, as yes. far as like Christian hip hop or rap. Yeah. And how there's such a difference from yeah. secular hip hop, and, and there's a few exceptions. There's there's right. some guys out there not yeah. not knocking them. They're they're amazing. They're they're doing something great. But by and large, uh, and maybe this is because I'm a pastor, so I get invited to a lot of things, or people yeah. like hand me a CD that they made and all this stuff. <laughs> and it's like, just because God gave you the gift doesn't mean it's ready for distribution. Right. Like you still have to do something with it. You you still have to hone the skill. Right. It's one of the, that's the thing that I love about this story is is David. We see in his life that he spends time uh, connecting with God and obviously working on his on his skill set. Right. Because uh, he becomes a great warrior, becomes a, a great leader, 
uh, people are willing to follow them. Uh, but that doesn't come just by accident. Like it, it's, right. it's evident in the way he lives his life that he takes what God has given him as raw talent and he develops it. Right. And we need to do the same thing just uh, for the, for all the people out there that, that feel like, you know, God's given me a gift to communicate, but if you're not taking a class on communication, if you're not practicing and working on your skill, if you're not getting a coach that tells you, Hey, you know, that was really bad or, Hey, you need to work on this thing. Um, you know, if you if you think you're a singer or a musician, yeah. but you never spend time practicing. Yeah, you talked about that in the sermon. Like, just because you recognize that that's a skill set or something that God has given you doesn't mean that you're ready to utilize it for the right. world. I mean, we all have to hone in our skills, get continuing education. Yep. Uh, we have to practice the thing that God has given us a skill in. And, and God does not waste skills. Yeah. Uh, so he wants us to uh, go into it as if, this is something that we have to, uh, you know, graduate to the end goal for us to use our skill for his kingdom and for his will takes time. It's a, it's a progress. And, uh, I think God really wants us to go through the process of honing in our skills and getting better at it. All right. So give me an example. What's, what's a skill that you think that God has given you and what, what are you doing with it? How, how have you honed it over the years or what are you doing currently? Sure. Uh, I really think God has given me a skill, um, to look at numbers in a different way. Um, I'm an accountant, uh, I guess, by trade. So the analytics of numbers is something that I'm really good at. Um, But if I take a break for too long and looking at numbers, it all looks like letters to me. (laughs) And so you don't want your accountant looking at numbers like they're letters. So um, I think having continuing education, actually, you know, working in the field of accounting gives me, you know, me honing my skill sets every day uh, mm-hmm. doing it. Um, but if I go too long without doing any kind of accounting work or any kind of math or, you know, doing reports or analyzing figures, um, then I'll slowly lose it. And it's hard to say that because you think of it like riding a bike. Once you get it one time, then, yeah. you know, that's it for the rest of your life. But I dare you to get on a bike after not riding one for 20 years and let's let's see, you know, <laughs> how good how, you are. How good you are. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think for me, you know, um, doing work every day in that particular skill set really helps me. Yeah. And if I go on vacation and I come back, I'll look at my computer screen and says, I don't know what to do. That's right. Do you ever find yourself just like nerding out? You're like reading a blog post about like a better way to do like oh, yeah. or something. This morning I was um watching a, um, a, a vlog of an accountant um, about uh, how to... Uh, I'm sorry, I have to stop you right there. An accounting vlog. <laughs> yes. That's a thing? It is a thing. Uh, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, the, the views are very low, but there's people out there who talk about accounting and how to implement proper accounting in your business for non-accountants. That is awesome. And I, love it. Um, I like to know what people don't know, and I like to know what I don't know. And so uh, getting you know, educated on that, watching videos. I don't know anybody who reads IRS publications, but I get an email every day of a, of an edit of a publication, uh, just cause it might affect me and my business or what I'm doing for the church. That's smart. So I love it. We appreciate the fact that, that you do all of that. Keep us above board yeah. and keep us on the right, right path. I love it. Yeah. Somebody was asking me after the service, um, cause they, they specifically feel called to, um, to communication. And so as a communicator, they want to know, like, what, what am I doing? Or what have I done uh, to get better? And uh, I, I think I'm still uh, very early on in that journey. I think, I think yeah. I've got a long ways to go still. Uh, but 
for me, it started with, uh, with short repetitions. So, um, the, the, the training that I got as, as a young adult was, uh, in missions going and performing these dramas. And then after the drama, yeah. you'd give like a three to five minute explanation or kind of a testimony. And then, uh, we would do that. I don't know, sometimes four or five times a day, every day of the week for, for a month or two at a time. And, uh, and so it was just the repetition of, I'm, I'm up in front of people talking uh, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Right, right. Uh, and it's just kind of like the, the more reps you get, the more you start to recognize, okay, here's a cadence to this thing. Here's, here's an issue. But uh, on top of that, I've had coaches in my life. Um, some that just happened to coach me and some that yeah. I sought out uh, for coaching. But I, I still remember the very first uh, guy that ever coached me. Um, I just finished doing uh, one of those kind of five minute talks and I got down and he pulled me aside, which was very unusual, but mm-hmm. he pulled me aside and he said, Brent, just want you to know that what you said was fantastic. It's like, okay. I've, 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 I've seen that done uh, so many times and I've never seen somebody pull out what you pulled out and you, you helped uh, me see things that I'd never seen before in that. And I'm like, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, I knew I got this. Uh, and he said, uh, problem is I didn't want to listen to a word of what you had to oh, say. Oh, wow. He's like, you were awful to listen to. Yeah. And I was just like, like, I'm like 19 years old. And he's like, it was awful. Like you were monotone. You had no inflection. Right, you, right. You, your arms were sort of glued to your side. Like you looked so awkward up there. He's like, it was painful. Like I had to force myself to actually listen to you. Wow. Like, wow. Yeah. So. I think that's one of the things too. Um, you know, uh, you have me hosting and speaking a lot more than I want to do, which is only like two or three times a year. But as an accountant, as an accountant, exactly. Uh, but I, I think I like the phrase, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, one of the things that I need to do to hone in my skills is to to, to do it. Yeah. Uh, re- regardless of fear or discomfort, you know, the yep. more you do it, repetition, yep. you know, the more you'll get better at it. And I think the first time David picked up a slingshot, he probably was terrible at yeah. it, especially as a kid. Yeah. And, you know, he had to come to the realization that I'm herding sheep. I'm a shepherd. I need to do this, whether I'm uncomfortable doing it, whether I'm not good at it initially, I have to do it. And I think he just kept doing it until he got became a professional marksman. Absolutely. And and that that leads into a, a problem that a lot of people have is they try something once and they're bad at it. Right. And they they look at somebody that's great at it and they're like, oh, it's never it's not fair. I'm never going to be as good as them. But if you stop and talk to that person nine times out of 10, they're going to say, oh, I was awful too. Like my first time out of the gate, like it was so bad. Right. right. Uh, and, and it only gets better if you put in the work. Right. So you've been speaking for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I've been speaking for some months, maybe a year <laughs> and a half. <laughs> and so I look at Pastor Brent and I say, yeah, I'm never going to be able to do that. But you keep putting me on stage so <laughs> at some point my skills will be honed in and i'll be good at it so yeah my my kids already say that uh your messages for at the movies is their favorites it's only because i dress up as a you that know, might be part of it <laughs> a b-list superhero <laughs> <laughs> love it that's awesome okay so hone the skills uh just because god gave it to you doesn't mean that it, it's ready to go david is seen practicing 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 He's also seen um, by evidence in the scriptures. He spends a lot of time with God, like a right. lot of time with God. He's a musician. Uh, pretty much every downtime 
uh, becomes a worship service. Uh, yeah, because uh, you're either going to talk to the sheep or you're going to talk to God. Right, right. And and so we see David spending a lot of time. In fact, it, when he's uh, ordained as the next king, we read that the the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Uh, so right. it wasn't just in the moment, but it was he he got to live from that day on with this powerful spirit of God with him. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, we have the responsibility of going after God. And while we're going after God, God is going after us. And not only that, but he gives us what we need inside of us to please him. And I I think that's very important because um, a lot of times when we're spending time with God, we then go to our normal lives with thinking that we're making the decision or we're making the moves that needs to happen next for ourselves. But I tell people sometimes, you know, all that time you spent with God, you have to believe that the, the decisions that you're make, making are being led by God. You know, you I spent a lot of time with my wife. And so I started to think like my wife and I can make decisions for myself <laughs> yep. as if my wife is in my ear, yep. you know, not nagging me, but telling me what to do. And so the same thing that happens when we spend time with God, I think that we get to a place where we understand the voice of the Holy Spirit yep. inside of us. And the decisions that we make and the things that we need to do are being led by him. And we have yeah. to trust that. And I think David trusted that as well. Yeah. Um, I, I love it that um, there's this this idea that there are some things that you you don't even have to stop to ask God about anymore. Yeah. Like early on in your relationship with him. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> Just run everything by him. Mm-hmm. But I think you get into a rhythm where like you, you recognize his voice. You recognize how he's leading you. It says that he's the good shepherd and his sheep hear his voice. Um, and so we, we hear his voice. We, we know when we're going through life, when something is, is wrong or something is off, right. we'll get that check. We'll, we'll stop, but it gets to the point where you can move a little bit quicker. Cause it's like, no, this is, yeah, this is, right. this is God's in this. Right. And that's why we have to acknowledge him. Yeah. You know, we have to recognize that, you know, God is in our lives, not just because He's our Messiah and we get an opportunity to go to heaven when we believe in him, mm-hmm. but he also wants to make our lives better. You yeah. know, he also wants us to see, he all, he also wants us to do greater things than Christ did when he was here on earth. And with that, we have to understand that our time spent with God is for us to utilize in our everyday battles, mm-hmm. circumstances, the things that we go through. It could be good decisions that we're trying to make. It could be hardships that we're trying to overcome. Uh, trouble that we're facing but I, I think that we really need to be led by the holy spirit and the foundation of that comes from spending time with god yeah uh, you said something there that, that god wants to make our lives better and um i love that statement but there's also a, a danger in that or, or something that we have to recognize as believers that god's version of better yeah <laughs> doesn't always match what we think absolutely is better like God's version of better doesn't mean your bank account is fuller. Absolutely. I tell my son, Spencer, I said, what definition of good did you just put on God? Yeah. And I, I make him think about what I think is good or what I want for myself may not be exactly what God wants for me or may not be better for me long term. You know, yeah. what I think is good for me or what I think is better for me is only based on my experience and my life here on earth. And that's only been 40 years, but I serve a God of who's in eternity. Yeah. He has a greater plan yep. for me than what I've only observed for 40 years. Yep. I've, I've literally had moments in my life where I was so mad, so frustrated at God. It was like there was an opportunity. There was something that I wanted that it was like, this is a good thing. 
and God didn't give it to me. And I was, I was so frustrated, right. so upset in that moment, still surrendered to God, still, still in that place of yeah. like, I don't get it. I don't like it, but you're God. I'm not. So I'm going to, I'm going to get over it. Right. But this doesn't make any sense. And then sometimes a month later, a week later, sometimes five years later, 10 years later, I look back on that moment and I realize, oh, that's what God was doing. Yeah. Like there was something down the road that like, if, if, if I had gotten this, I wouldn't have been prepared for that. Right. And I think David went into his fight with Goliath with that in mind, that no matter what the outcome is, I'm serving God and that this is God's battle to yeah. fight. If I was there, I would have told David, you're crazy. Yeah. It's not good for you or better for your life to go into this battle with Goliath. You're supposed to be the next king. You're going to get killed <laughs> yeah. before you ever. Absolutely. But, you know, David understood that it wasn't his battle. Yeah. He understood his surrender to God. He yeah. had spent enough time with God to understand that God is going to lead this fight for him and that he already has a victory in Christ. Yeah. But from the outside looking in, I certainly would have been with you saying, David, you're crazy. Yeah. This is not good for you or better yeah. for you in any way. Yeah, but you you've got to find that place where you can you can just be in the will of God, uh, following His guidance, yeah. what it is that He's telling you to do. Uh, so I had somebody one time ask me, and I'd love your thoughts on this too. But uh, they asked me the question how How do you get God on your side? And my oh, my answer to them, <laughs> and they didn't like this answer. Um, uh, my answer was, you don't exactly you you get on His side. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're on God's side, you'll be all right. Yeah, because then you become God. Yeah. Right. And you're trying to convince yeah. someone that you're just trying to utilize for their power yeah. to do the things that you want to do. And yeah. I, I don't think that's a good position to be in. Yeah. No, there's, there's a, there's a, a really bad movement in, in Christianity that is, is really just trying to get God to endorse us. Yeah. Like I want, I want God's stamp of approval on my own plan. Um, but if you want to make God laugh, what do you do? Right. You tell him your <laughs> tell plans. Him your plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and then scripture says that there's a way that seems right to a man. Right. Absolutely. Right? Like it, this seems like a good idea. This seems right. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's your plan. It's not his plan. But whose plan would you rather have? His, I mean, God is all knowing. He's yeah. omnipotent. He's perfect in every way. There's no plan that I would rather have outside of his, because my plan has flaws. My plan has areas in it that I can't see or can't predict or doesn't know what, what's happening. There's third party actors in my plan that I have no control yep. over and I don't know what they're doing. Yep. But God sees everything. He knows everything. He knows the beginning and the end. He's He lives outside of eternity and can manipulate time and all the factors involved in time, which is what we live in now. Yeah. So there's no other plan that I would rather have except for his. Absolutely. Even when his plan is uh, scary. Yeah. Even when his plan is dangerous, even when his plan is go fight a giant. Right, right, right. Like but you have to think about, you know, we're just living for these 85 or 90 years on earth, or are we living for eternity and for his kingdom? Mm. Because if we're just living for ourselves, then yeah, we can try to develop a plan that's good for this time that we're here on earth. But his plan is kingdom minded. His plan is eternity minded. And I think that's where we need to be eventually. I love it. All right. So, so David has... A ridiculous level of confidence in this story. That's that's one of the things that uh, always makes me kind of I don't know laugh or just kind of be like, man, this dude is crazy. And maybe it's because I'm not a super confident person by nature. Uh, but so David's super confident. We've already kind of hit these things. He's he's confident because he knows what he's called to do. Mm -hmm. He's like, I've already been anointed as the next king. This is the thing that kings do, right? This is what Saul was supposed to do, right? Uh, but he's hiding for forty days, and so if I'm going to be the next king, I might as well 
start doing kingly Absolutely. things. Right. Uh, and so he's confident because he's got a calling. He's he's confident because he's got a skill set. Right. Like he can he can sling a stone. Right. Pretty hard. I mean, it it says it embeds in his forehead. Like yeah. That's, that's intense. Yeah. Um. And and he's confident because he knows who who his God is. Like he knows that this is the Lord's battle. This right, is right. the story is not about a little guy versus a big guy. It's about a big guy versus a bigger God. Right. And David recognizes that. And so he walks with confidence. And I think that for all of us, when we have those things, we should be able to walk in confidence too. But I can say from personal experience that that's not always yeah. the case. Like sometimes you still have to um, um, cultivate courage in your life. Yeah. Right. Like, cause I know my calling. Uh, I know my skill sets. Mm-hmm. I know my God, but there are right. still some situations that I face where yeah. I still need a little bit more. Cur- well, I, I think it's because we allow those things in our life to be more real to us or more tangible to us than those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're faced with a hardship or with trouble or something that we need to overcome or, you know, ask God for the victory and to manifest his victory in. You know, those things become uh, more real to us because we're living with our emotions and we're living with our sights. And I think that's a huge problem. Uh, What needs to happen is the things that God has given us already, our skill sets uh, himself need to be more real to us than the thing that we're facing. And when that happens, we can really lean in on God having the victory over the issues that we face. And I I think that we need to do is we, we need to say, okay. This thing that I'm facing is present and is giving me a real emotion that I'm feeling tangibly. But my God is more real to me in my life than this thing that I'm facing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we need to be as Christians. I love it. I think that that's, that's totally accurate. Um, for me, um, I, need, I need constant reminders uh, to be courageous. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and, and part of it is, is, yeah, I got to have the right mindset. I got to be looking at the right things. Uh, but I, you know, as I started, you know, some of that doesn't come naturally for me. So, uh, so do you not believe what God can do because you forget what he's already done? That's it right there. Okay. That's yeah. So like, uh, this goes all the way back to like financial stuff. Like my wife and I, um, we had to go through a lot of immigration process. My wife is originally from Mexico city. So in order to get her into the country legally and do everything the right way, it, it costs a lot of money. Sure. And we just kept running into these moments where it was like, okay, the, the attorney fee was going to be due or this new filing fee was going to be due. And it was like, we looked at the bank account and we don't have it. And it was literally every single time we went into panic mode. It was yeah. like, you know, pray fast, yeah. like figure something out. And every time like God would show up, perform some kind of miracle, like crazy things where like people that didn't know our story would write us a check randomly for the exact dollar amount that we needed. Um, You know, I I had one moment where a lady visited our church. It's the only time she's ever been to the church before. Um, And afterwards she said, you know, I just want to give you a gift. And I was kind of like, Oh, you know, that's not necessarily kind of brush her off. She's like, no, no, no. I I really want to. I said, you know, it's really not necessary. Yeah. And she's like, well, what's the address of the church? And so I'm like, what's on the sign. And so I, I just kind of left the conversation. Like this is awkward. Like I'm, I'm not that guy that's trying to like, yeah, give me stuff. Uh, And like two days later, there was a check in the mail that was the exact dollar amount that she didn't know what was going on. Um, But it was the exact dollar amount we needed. So it was like miracle after miracle after miracle. Sure. And yet, 
every time I got a new bill, every time I got a new call from the attorney, every time yeah. I got something that was like, Hey, you need $900 by the end of the week. I'm like, I, I have $200 to my name. Yeah. Like I, there's no way I can do this. And I would just completely forget about the fact that God already did six miracles to get me to this place. Yeah. Uh, and all I need is the seventh one. I know. I, I wish it wasn't like that. Um, and this is why we have to memorialize the things that God yeah. does for us in our lives so that we can go back to him and say, hey, I do remember when God delivered me from this thing or provided for me in this area yeah. so that we can have the confidence that David has yeah. uh, for the new thing that we're faced with. Uh, but it's still difficult. It's still, you know, something that we have to work on doing every day of our lives. Um, and it's very hard for us to take our hands off the steering wheel and take our foot off the brake yeah. and just trust God in the area that we're going into. Um, yeah. Because it's it's scary. You know, a lot of us are not risk takers in the sense <laughs> that we are just allowing um, our seemingly intangible God to take control of our, over our lives and just trust him with the thing that we're facing. Yeah. And, and for me, um, it's kind of the, the sense of humor that God has. Like I, I know yeah. that God's funny because, uh, he created me with a specific personality type and, and skill set. And then the life I've lived is, is honed that thing in a way. And so like I recognized a few years ago that actually I deal with social anxiety. Uh, I didn't have a name for it. I just knew those like somebody else has to go ask for ketchup at McDonald's. Cause like, right. then I have to talk to a stranger right. uh, and it, it would literally like give me anxiety yeah. um, getting sweats. And so finally found a, a diagnosis for it that I, I have social anxiety and then God's sense of humor is to take that guy and put him up on the stage every week. Exactly. Like this is, this is a great idea. Hey, right. hey how would you do a podcast too? Right. And then, then you can just have more people like talking about you and looking at you. And so uh, for me, because like I have that personality type, but I also know what my calling is. Mm -hmm. um, it forces me into this place where I have to, I have to remind myself more and more um, to be courageous. And so I cheat. Um, I actually, so this is my, my, my wedding ring. I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but, uh, uh, it's got Hebrew lettering around the band. Oh, I thought it was some form of Elvish. No, that's uh, <laughs> kind of a nerd. Do you think I am? Come on, man. Uh, so it's Hebrew. Uh, I actually had it made, uh, in, uh, Israel, uh, a few years ago. Uh, and it's actually, it's Joshua one nine, uh, around the band. Yeah, nice. All of Joshua one nine can't quite fit. So, right. uh, I don't read Hebrew, so I don't even know how far the guy got into Joshua nine, but, uh, I just, I look at the ring and it's a reminder. Uh, Joshua nine says, uh, be strong and courageous. Uh, do not be uh, discouraged for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Right. Nice. And so for, for me, it's like every time I get into those situations where it's that social anxiety is, is creeping yeah. up and it's like, I know my God, I know my skill, I know what I'm called to do, but I really like, I really don't feel comfortable doing this. It's almost like I just all uh, almost yeah. instinctually just kind of uh, adjust my, my wedding band. Right, uh, right. And it's just that, that, that constant right. reminder that it's okay. Like God's called you to this and the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah. And then I, I, I always ask myself, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> I embarrass myself. I fail. Yeah. I fight Goliath and die. That doesn't work for a guy with social anxiety because the, <laughs> the, the part of those social anxieties, the worst that could happen is way worse than what could actually like, what is oh, realistically okay, could happen. Yeah. Like the absolute worst that could happen is yeah. That might be a disorder. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is 100%. I need help. Um, I have a coach though. He's, yeah. he's working on me. Yeah. I think for me is that if I'm comfortable with the worst thing that could happen, mm -hmm. and I don't know if this is the correct approach to <laughs> trusting God, but I just trust God because the worst thing that can happen, he's already ordained. So 
I'll just follow that. And whatever it is that he wants for me in my life, uh, whether I trust it or not, whether I trust it, but whether I like it or not is absolutely best either for me or for the kingdom. And mm -hmm. so I think that's part of living your life as a living sacrifice. Mm -hmm. um, but it's very difficult. And I think God puts us through small tasks to get us to a point where we can trust him completely yep. without leaning on ourselves. Yeah. And and for me, I'm actually, I'm, I'm at a place in my life where I'm grateful uh, to God for, yeah for the social anxiety like um and i know that there's other people that that suffer from that in a in a much more extreme way than than even yeah. i do uh but i'm i'm grateful f to god for it because uh it forces me to surrender to him constantly absolutely yeah uh and i it, i can't get to a place where i've got a big head because it it doesn't matter how many people tell me on sunday that was a great sermon right right uh the following sunday i'm gonna be terrified to to set foot on that stage right and i thank god all the time for another opportunity to have faith in him or to yeah. lean in him yep. for something that i'm not yep. effective in you know i do it all the time every time i'm faced with something that i i think like i can't do this this is uncomfortable i don't like this i don't want to do it I have to remind myself, well, this is just an opportunity for me to have faith yep. that God is in control and he's going to handle it for me every time. And the, yep. the more we trust God, man, the, the better, the better you grow, the better you get connected to him, the, the, the more you can face in life, like just yeah. surrender and trust, surrender and trust. How in the world would David ever trust God or have faith in God when he's king? If he doesn't have faith in God, when he's fighting a lion yeah. when he's fighting a bear or when he's going up against Goliath. Yeah. Because uh, this wasn't the the scariest battle he had ever been in. No, not like, at all. There's 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 right. a lot of crazy moments in David's life. Yeah. Uh, but he sets the stage. He sets the precedent. Even as a young boy, of this is my God. And this is what He's told me to do, and I'm going to do it. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I started to think about this. An animal doesn't have reason. Like a lion is going to rip you to shreds without thought. There's no compromise. Mm -hmm. There's no ne ne negotiation. A lion is just going to go after you. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he faced something that can't be reasoned with completely trusting in God for victory over it is unbelievable to me. Because a lot of times we go into circumstances in our life and we say, well, the bank is going to have is going to feel sorry for me or, you know, uh, my, my job is not going to lay me off because they need me in this position. Mm -hmm. And we go into circumstances thinking that the thing that we're, we're facing has reason can reason with us, has a conscious, has a heart. Yeah. Um, but we need to get to a point where it's not the enemy that we need to be assessing. It's God already has victory over the thing that we need to apply to our lives. Yeah, I love it. That's uh, that's kind of how we we close the message on Sunday was with this idea that um, you're not David, Jesus is. And so right. the, the moral of the story is not that you are or you can be a giant killer. The moral of the story is that your God is a giant right. killer. Absolutely. And so whatever situation you face, He's got it. Yep. Put your faith and your trust and your hope in him. Yep. And what it. can't we do when we do that? Right. Come on now. And so now we're going to storm hell with a water pistol. <laughs> yeah. We have to go, uh, <laughs> go out and look at all the giants in our lives and say, this is not my battle. Yeah. This battle belongs to the Lord. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yep. I love it. Sweet. Any, any closing thoughts on uh, your, one of your wow. favorite characters? <laughs> I mean, closing thoughts is uh, really understanding that um, we are not David. Um, the things that we face in our lives, God is going to handle it, and we have to trust in Him. And we have to remember the things that He had, He has already brought us through. 
yeah. and understanding that the thing that we're facing next, he's going to take care of it. Yep. Our trust, our faith, our hope should be in him yep. along the way of honing our skills and yep. doing the things that we're supposed to do, spending time with him. Um, you know, those things are the things that we're responsible for that we have to do. Yeah. And then we'll see victory in every cir- circumstance that we find ourselves in. Yeah. We, we had a pastor on staff that would always say, uh, we're just waiting for God to add his super to our natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so really that's, that's what it is, is, is you do what you can do right? and you trust God to do what only he can do. Absolutely. And so he's the one that kills the giant. But you're the one that practices with the sling. That's great. Love it. Beautiful. Sweet. Well, this was the first ever episode of Between Sermons. Thank you so much, Carlton, for yeah, hanging out. We're going to bring great. you back on another time. Uh, but uh, hope you enjoyed. Uh, if you've got any uh, comments, questions, or anything, just drop them down uh, in chats, and uh, we'll we'd love to connect with you more and continue this conversation uh, throughout the week. Sounds good.